Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real, which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. In today's episode, we're going to get a little bit dramatic and talk about some family dynamics, which can be really tricky, as you know if you've ever watched any reality television. But the gist of today's show is inspired by a Facebook post that a friend of mine sent me from a group interaction that she saw where a new mom got into some heated family drama over a visit to the grandparents' house. And it inspired my friend to ask me this question, where do we draw the line? And at what point are parents expecting too much of others, such as the grandparents? So what I would like to do in this episode is I would like to read you the Facebook post in question so that we could talk a little bit about the feelings of everyone involved. Now, I'm going to read to you the post, and then I'm going to dive in, and I'm going to date myself a little bit. So for those of you who are familiar with Dear Abby, it used to be a really famous advice column. A lot of you probably are not familiar with Dear Abby because I'm older than many of my listeners. You may be more familiar with other advice columns like Dear Prudence. However, this can get really sticky and sometimes we can get into hot water with our spouses, with the grandparents, the in-laws, etc. So here we go. Bear with me a little bit and try to restrain yourself if you get really triggered or heated over some of what this mama says. And then we're going to dive in and look at the situation from the perspective of everybody involved. So here we go. We just got back from a visit with my husband's family. Their dog is pretty gross and rambunctious. My 15-month-old loves dogs, but she was overwhelmed and the dog kept licking her face. She would try to get away and fall over, so I picked her up and held her a lot. I was pretty rude and standoffish to his family because I made it very clear in the past that I don't like dogs, and I made it clear when we arrived that I would like the dog to keep its space. They said that they would not since their dog is a member of their family. It became a hostile environment at that point. I can understand loving a pet, but I still feel like it should have been kept away. They have a big house and a big property. Am I in the wrong for asking our host to keep their dog away from us? And then she added, edited to add, um, we were there for three days. This was a three hour drive from our home and they insisted that we meet there and not anywhere else like I requested. All right, there's a lot to unpack here, and I suspect that I'm going to be reading you little pieces of this over um, again um, as I address some of these different issues that come up here. So first of all, I, I just want to empathize a little bit with the mom's discomfort 
Um, she is saying already from the get-go she doesn't like dogs, and so it's really hard if she wants to spend quality time with her husband and his parents, then in this particular case, she was being forced to be in an environment where there was a dog. However, I do believe very strongly in clear communication and setting appropriate boundaries. And so I do think that before she agreed to go to their house that she could have discussed safety, she could have set some clear boundaries and expectations and asked these kinds of questions about where would the dog be relative to the baby in advance so that she didn't feel sabotaged. Because it seems like she was requesting one thing and her in-laws were telling her that her opinion didn't matter. So obviously that kind of dynamic is problematic from the get-go. However, I do think that it didn't have to become a hostile environment if there were clear boundaries and expectations set up in advance. Now, one thing to think about from the mom's perspective, and she may not be aware of this, or I could be just completely barking up the wrong tree here, but a lot of times when people don't like dogs, it's because they have not had pleasant experiences with dogs in the past. Sometimes they don't like dogs because they're afraid of dogs. And that could be because there was a negative interaction in the past with the dog, or possibly it's that you just don't really understand dog behavior. And if you don't understand a dog and how it behaves and how its body moves, then it's really easy to be uncomfortable around them because you don't necessarily know where they're coming from. So when I'm working with my clients, a big portion of the work that we do together is to learn about dog body language so that we can understand when a dog looks really happy and relaxed or whether a dog looks over aroused or nervous or stressed out. And all of those things are really important when you're trying to set up a safe family environment around a child because a dog that's over aroused or too excited could accidentally cause damage. And a dog who's really scared or fearful can also cause damage because somebody who's afraid is going to want to protect themselves. And so I do think that a lot of these challenges that this mom was facing were because there was no real positive discussion in advance. Um, I think she could have discussed with her husband in advance. Um, if she herself already has a poor relationship with the in-laws, I could see how that heated you know, relationship may not be the best at being constructive. So maybe if she could get the help of her husband where she could say, listen, I really want you to be able to spend quality time with your family and I would like to be there to support you, but it would be really great if we could work together as a team to communicate with your parents what would make me the most comfortable. But again, it's really hard to predict certain family dynamics. Some families have sabotage that goes on. Some people undermine others, um, all of which is pretty dysfunctional, to be honest. And um you know, it may be worth a visit to a therapist or something to discuss how to promote healthier family dynamics moving forward. Um, of course, I, you know, would like to address, you know, her main question, am I in the wrong for asking our host to keep their dog away from us? Not necessarily. I do think it is okay to set clear boundaries and ask 
for some space, especially if they have a large home and a large property. But I also think that you can attract more flies with honey than you can with sugar. Um, I'm sorry, with vinegar. You can attract more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. And so I think that you can make a lot more progress at setting up a really safe and pleasant dynamic if you start from a place of kindness and not assume that people are, you know, out to get you. Um, You know, this is a really, obviously a really tricky dynamic. If the grandparents were super just defiant and rude, then I could absolutely see how that would be a problem. I do think from this post that the mom um, came off as a little bit difficult to deal with and she could have, you know, set the stage a little bit better to set herself, her child, um, and her husband up for a little bit more success. But I do want to talk about this from everybody else's perspective as well. And we may touch again on how the mom is feeling, but I think it's important we talk about this from the dog's perspective, the grandparent's perspective, and the baby's perspective as well, right? So the grandparents, first of all, um, may be the kind of people who have always wanted to be the house where people come, right? They they have a big house with a big property, and so it's possible that it's always been their dream come true to host the grandchild. And I think that's really cool. They could be super excited. However, they could be the kind of people who just don't know what they don't know, and maybe they're using hope as a strategy, right? Maybe things will work out. Um, But of course, as we know, hope is not an effective parenting or a grandparenting strategy, and hoping for the best does not prevent dog bites, and it doesn't uh, keep family dynamics intact. And so if these grandparents were really excited about hosting, then one would think that they might be accommodating if they were approached in a really constructive way. So maybe we could say, hey, I'm so excited to be here with our baby, but I'm really nervous about dogs. So do you think maybe you could leash your dog while I'm there and see how that goes as an example? But there are so many different kinds of management strategies that we can use. We can use baby gates and X-pens. The parent could wear the baby, for example. Um, Of course, you can't wear a baby on an entire three-day visit. That's not... Um, a reasonable expectation either. But the great thing about management is you can try 10 different strategies and rotate through those so that the dog never feels like it's ousted, the baby never feels like they're ousted, and everybody can sort of be around each other without necessarily having any physical contact in general. So the grandparents, you know, of course, I'm the kind of person I would prefer to give everybody the benefit of the doubt, and I, I wish that people all had great intentions. I'm assuming they wanted um, to host their their son, their grandchild, maybe the wife if they like her. I don't really know. Um, but it's possible that if they're offended by her, if she's too prickly in her you know, demands or requests for distance away from the dog, that it's possible to get them to feel sort of shut down and not very willing to compromise with her. Overall, though, the unwillingness of the grandparents and the mom to sort of collaborate on this, in my opinion, shows a little bit of lack of maturity here. Now, of course, I'm seeing one Facebook post. I don't know what the dynamic is really like. I don't know if there are if there are years of history going on 
However, the one thing that I can say with 100% certainty is that management is really important in keeping everybody safe. Hoping for the best is not a strategy. And it's possible that grandparents who have a dog that does not get a regular visit around kids often um, that they just may be unaware of some of the potential safety hazards that could happen when dogs and children are around each other. Okay, so this is a nice segue into talking about how the dog might feel. So if the dog hasn't been around children before, then the dog could either be super excited by the kids, by the child being there. 15 month old is pretty adorable. They're unpredictable though, and they fall down a lot and they make a lot of noise. And so the dog could get really excited by their little guest, but the dog could also be afraid of the child as well. And so we need to respect the dog and we need to look at how the dog is feeling and try to set the dog up for success because we don't want the dog to make a mistake either. Because I've said it a million times and I will keep saying it, that a dog who bites a child does not have a very long lifespan right? And most dog bites are avoidable. Now, I do know there are cases where the dog has neurological issues or their brain chemistry isn't right and the bite appears to come out of nowhere. That happens occasionally. Usually there are warning signs, but not always. And sometimes they happen so quickly that we can miss them. But sometimes dogs just aren't behaviorally sound or safe. And I would assume that's not the case in this particular story because it seems like, um, you know, the dog was busy and approaching the child and was at least curious by the child. But she also mentions that the dog kept trying to lick the baby's face and licking is not always a kiss, right? We sometimes think that dog licking means kissing, but sometimes it's a way of alleviating stress right? So it's what we call a calming signal. And sometimes it's to sort of try to push a toddler away, for example, to take distance from that little creature. So we can't just assume that the dog licking the child is a good thing. It may not be. And so we need to prevent the dog from doing that. Now, the mom mentioned that the little girl didn't really like the kisses and would try to get away And in the process, because 15-month-olds are not super stable on their feet, she kept falling over. So I can see how this pattern of dog approach child, child try to get away, child fall down, mom picking up child to take space is a pretty uncomfortable cycle to be going through for three whole days in a row. That's intense, right? It's intense, and I can see how a parent would start to feel resentful at the grandparents. Like, hey, why aren't you guys trying to help me? Why aren't you trying to keep my daughter safe from your dog? However, they possibly, maybe it's out of ignorance or maybe it's out of optimism, might just be thinking the dog wants to interact with the child. And so these are really tricky dynamics to try to tease out. But I want to point out all these different perspectives because I think... It's really easy to just take one side here and think the mom had unreasonable expectations. She should have communicated to the grandparents. And if she didn't like the conclusion that everybody came to ahead of the visit, that she shouldn't have gone, 
right? That's one really easy thing to say. Or maybe the mom and the baby should have stayed, or the mom without the baby, I don't know, should have stayed in a hotel and just gone to visit every once in a while, right? There are a million different compromises or ways that they could have set this up um, differently. It's possible also that the grandparents were a little bit defiant or that they had hurt feelings um, and had trouble trying to um, manage their disappointment in not having full access to their grandchild. So a lot of these things, though, could be handled with a lot of management, with distance, with safety in mind, first and foremost. And it seems really crazy to think about you know, meeting with a dog behavior consultant before a family visit. But at the end of the day, it's not an unreasonable suggestion, you know, to meet with someone like myself or another dog and child specialist who can talk about some of the challenges that you might encounter, both emotional challenges for yourself, but also for the other family members, the husband, the grandparents, maybe even how the dog might be feeling, how your baby feels. Is your baby even interested in being around the dog, right? And talking about how to set this up for success. So if you were to ask me, you know, should I go visit my in-laws? They have no baby gates. They have no pens. They want us to stay in their house with their untrained dog for three days. I would say, no, I don't think so. I think you can go and you can go stay at a hotel in their town and you can have day trips together. You could go out to breakfast or meals. They leave their dog at home. You bring the child. I absolutely think families need to spend time together, but I think there are ways that we can set clear boundaries and expectations so that we prevent an accident from happening, right? Um, I do want to go back and address couple other things real quick because I think it's worth noting. Um, The mom said that the dog was gross and rambunctious and so you know calling a dog gross is not really setting the stage for a positive interaction. Um, I can see how some people who don't like dogs might think they're kind of gross. I mean maybe they don't like that a dog you know licks its butt and then tries to give somebody a kiss. That's that is kind of a gross concept but Um, I'm a dog lover and it doesn't bother me. There are some dogs that eat dead things and then try to give you a kiss. That is a little gross. I probably would say no thanks to that kiss. But we do have to listen to the science and a lot of pediatricians that have looked at studies that say that dogs are not a germ risk to children or young children. And so we have to think about our opinions and if they're based on emotion or if they're based on science. It's okay to have a gut instinct. If you think something's gross, that's totally your opinion. But we also have to think of how they influence others. So if you're making comments about the dog being gross around your child, then the child might start to think dogs are gross. And if that's how you roll, that's totally fine. You're probably not listening to this podcast if that's the case. Um, But if you do like dogs and you wish that you could figure out a way for everybody to be together, we have to think about the kinds of language that we use around our children because they're sponges and they're listening to everything we say. And we have to think about the modeling that we're doing in our behavior and then really try to dig in and tease out Are we uncomfortable around dogs because something bad happened to us as children or we're just afraid of dogs? We see scary 
you know, stories in the news about kids being killed by dogs, those are all valid. And you should be concerned about dog and child safety. I wish more people were concerned about dog and child safety. But that doesn't mean that dogs and children can't ever be around each other. We just have to work together. You need to get support from people like me, this podcast. I have a million free resources on my website. And I also love to work with clients one-on-one as well. If you want to work on how you feel about dogs or how you can set up a safe family um, in, you know, encounter or holiday away, um, that would be great. In fact, I have one member of the Pooch Parenting Society, and we talk often about her family and their vacation house and whether or not they should go when other families and their dogs are there because they are less inclined to remember to close doors and baby gates. And we talk about the risks, but we talk about it with love so that we can all set up the family for success so that they can have fun and safe holidays together. So I want to close this out with a little bit of just quick advice in terms of the baby, because we haven't really talked about the baby's perspective too much here. If the baby's trying to get away, then the baby's communicating and saying, I really don't want to be this close to the dog. But she did say that the 15-month-old loves dogs, right? And so it's possible that we're putting this baby in conflict. She wants to be near the dog, but the dog is getting too close, licking her in the face, which she doesn't like. I would encourage people who have a toddler to teach them to blow kisses to dogs from across the street, from across the room, because oftentimes we inadvertently, what I what I call magnetize our toddlers to dogs. And we do that by getting so excited every time we see a dog. <gasps> Look at the dog. Oh, there's a doggy. Yay, let's go see the doggy. Let's go ask if we can pet the doggy, right? Those are setting a dangerous example for our child. But we can teach our children how to behave appropriately around dogs, how to be calm around dogs, and that they can be around dogs without actually touching the dogs, which again promotes safety long term. So we can blow kisses to dogs across the street, like I said, across the room. We can wave at dogs if they're sitting, let's say they're at a park and the dog is on a leash at a picnic table and you're walking by with your family, we wave at the dog. Um, It's a great time to work on language acquisition with your toddler. We can say, oh, I see a brown dog. Let's say hello to the brown dog where we can practice working on those things from a distance and be safe. So I do think it's really important that we understand that even if these grandparents' dog was perfect and amazing with children, that we don't want the baby practicing any kind of behavior around the dog that might be misleading with different dogs. So just because one dog is great and friendly doesn't mean all dogs are. And so we just want to be careful that um, we don't just assume that one safe interaction means all dogs will have safe interactions, right? And so at the end of the day, I would rather kids wave at dogs or blow kisses at dogs because that will keep them safe from almost any dog in most circumstances. So at the end of the day, the woman's question was, Am I in the wrong for asking our host to keep their dog away? 
No, not entirely, but the dog is their family member. So were you in the wrong if you were rude? Yeah, you should not have been rude. Were you in the wrong if you were snotty and, you know, unwilling to compromise? Probably. But were you in the wrong for trying to protect your child or to set safe boundaries? No, I think setting safe boundaries, clear expectations, but planning it way ahead instead of putting out fires on the spot when everybody's feeling really heated and overwhelmed and probably fairly angry. I am curious if you've gotten into any heated scenarios with your family members and how you ended up handling them. Feel free to leave me a message at www.speakpipe.com slash poochparenting and you can record a little voice message to me and I can include it in a future episode where we can talk about your circumstance. And if you need any advice, we're happy to help you with that as well. Hope you found this helpful on your future family outings. And I hope you avoid any drama like this. Take care. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. If you're a parent and you would love someone you could talk to about your kids and dogs at any time and be part of a great community of other like-minded parents, please visit www.safekidsanddogs.com so you can learn more about the Pooch Parenting Society. If you're a dog professional and would love to build your confidence working with families who have children and dogs, I would love to invite you to join the Pooch Parenting Coach Collective. To get more information or to join the waitlist, please visit www.safekidsanddogs.com coach collective. I would love to have you inside the community so that you can say yes to more clients. Take care.